0: And welcome to Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. As usual, I am the humble Mike D. We have the ultimate Ryan Shipley.
1: Yes, yeah. uh,
0: that's relevant. Yes. Oh, yes. And of course, the owner of Knoxville's longest-running comic shop, Mr. Bill Langford
2: from Earth Two.
0: Nice. Oh, you're the Earth Two. Bill? Yes. Okay. Today.
2: Yeah. You know, like, can't you tell with the goatee? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's-
3: <laughs> yeah. Dark Bill. Now, one thing that made me sad is, like, we were originally going to do this episode on Valentine's Day, and we had to, like reschedule right yeah life um stupid
0: life and, and we had so much
3: good plans here we we're going to get cameras in here and we were going to reenact that scene from lady and the tramp with the <laughs> with the spaghetti uh mike was going to play the chef i of course was going to be the lady and bill was going to be the tramp you know we're always typecast
2: i've never seen uh, that movie what are you talking you've about you've never seen lady and the tramp lady and the tramp is it a boxing film
3: you know what Lady the <laughs> Tramp is. so here's a quick story that was the first movie i ever saw in the theater really yeah and when that scene comes on I started crying so bad Mm -hmm. that my mom had to pull me out of the theater and she's like What's wrong? And it's because spaghetti at that time was my favorite food. Right. And I saw the dogs eating the spaghetti. So my little six-year-old brain decided that meant spaghetti was dog food. Oh, God. And my mom had been feeding me dog food.
1: Oh, no. And my
0: world crumbled. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. That's
2: Disney films, man. As a
0: kid, you love spaghetti. Heartbreaking. So, so how do you feel about spaghetti now? Do you still have mixed feelings? Or I like spaghetti,
3: but I never really get a chance to eat spaghetti. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times if I go out to get spaghetti... A lot of times they put the onions and stuff in it. Oh, and, right. Yeah, and Bill will disagree with me and say that he's gaslighting me into believing I'm not allergic to onions, but I am. I think it's just a strong <laughs> dislike <laughs> that you happen to try and force on other people. Is this my Kaiser Soze?
2: Where you claim to be allergic to onions.
3: The greatest trick the Ryan ever pulled was <laughs> pretending he was allergic to onions. I don't think humans can be allergic to onions. That just makes sense. It's from the earth, dude. You know, How can JC, you be allergic uh, to... Didn't you say you know somebody that's allergic to water?
2: No, that was somebody else. Okay, that uh, was our
3: lovely friend Boston.
2: Our studio audience tonight. Yes, we yes. Have, yes,
0: Well, J.C. Ratliff always claimed to be allergic to onions, and I always questioned it. I was always like, mm,
3: I, feel, I so. feel, bad for Ratliff. <laughs> He's allergic to onions. I get it, because there's so much good stuff out there that has onions in it. So like, what? A, so I mean, so, it just makes me really sick. I get hives and stuff. So when um, somebody
2: makes spaghetti, do you pick out all the onions, or do you? Tell I just them up don't front? eat it. If okay. they,
3: yeah, I just always make sure like. When we were, when I worked at call centers back before like the pandemic, mm-hmm. people that we, like when I worked at CVS Caremark, there was like a team that loved to do potlucks. So yeah. every week we had another potluck. Yeah. And there was one lady that would get so mad at me if I wouldn't try her food and I'd be like, this could hurt me.
0: <laughs> the onion lady. Yeah,
3: yeah, and she would just get furious.
2: Now, does she not know about your allergy to tell onions? I her.
3: No, I told her. Yeah. Yeah. It made me sad, too, because at IFE, we would always have, like, a chili day once a year. And I would walk up to each chili excited to have some chili. Yes. And then it would have the little onion check marked. Oh. <laughs> and so I got stuck with, like, the worst chili there. Because most chilies have onions. You know, a lot of people put the onions in. Mike makes a good chili.
0: Well, thanks. Thanks. And I tell you what, on that note, next Saturday, I'm making you some spaghetti. I'm doing it. Nice. Oh, oh yes. I just learned a new recipe. Onion
2: free. Extra, extra onions. So extra let me ask you guys onions. a question.
0: When you we'll, do, we'll test this theory. When you do spaghetti,
3: <laughs> big meatballs?
2: Yes. Spaghetti?
3: Yeah. Do you do meatballs with your spaghetti? No. Unless I'm
2: making specifically a, the dish called spaghetti and meatballs. But mm. if I'm just mm. making spaghetti.
3: You don't care about the meatballs. Well,
2: if, if it's so... Ron, I don't think you're hearing me. (laughs) If I'm making spaghetti, there are no meatballs. It's just called spaghetti. There is a dish that Chef Boyardee perfected called spaghetti and meatballs. So if there's meatballs in the spaghetti, the spaghetti is no longer spaghetti. It's spaghetti and meatballs. Is
3: there really a Chef Boyardee?
0: Yes. There is. There There is is an actual chef. It's like uh, Colonel Sanders.
3: There was actually a guy. Yes. Is there a King Vitamin? What? (laughs)
2: Uh, I'm not sure... Now, I, I will say, I think 50% of the Keebler elves are real.
3: 50%? <laughs> which which one? It, there's three of them, right? Well, <laughs> So is that like one and a half? <laughs>
2: the one on the end always looks suspicious to me. The, old, <laughs> the older one on the right end, he was always very... Sna- but okay, but no, snap, I, snap,
3: Crackle, Pop. Which one do you like the best?
2: Which one had the uh, the hat? Like Rip, they, I think they all had hats. Like Rip Van Winkle? The like blonde, the blonde Winkle one? Hat?
3: I think that would have been crisp.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's I I would say um, yeah yeah I would uh I would say those were so this is the thing when it okay. gets to uh to food spokespeople yeah um punchy the Hawaiian Punch kid yeah real rice oh. <laughs> <laughs> snap crackle pop real. Yeah. The um, Mr. Clean, mm-hmm. and I know that's not edible, but yeah. Mr. Clean, real. The
3: thing yeah. I always think like, got weird about with the Mr. Lincoln Clean commercials, mm. it always made it look like those moms wanted to have sex with Mr. Clean, and it was really
2: weird. <laughs> he was there very was some tension. He was yeah. very progressive with the earring. <laughs> yeah, I he thought was, it was, kind he was of ahead of but his the, time. the
3: mothers would look at him like, I want a piece of that. Well, <laughs> you
2: know, you're alone all day in the house, and here comes this swashbuckling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a kind of fellow out, he, sweaty. not only that, but he's willing to do housework. Yeah, you know that's got to be very attractive. And to, he uh, looks good in that tea. He does. So yeah. He does. So uh, you, you know, know we
0: we're uh, we we're talking about sixth sense earlier, uh, so it could be argued that Mister Clean is edible in that oh. movie, if you recall. Oh. So oh. Mister Clean. Oh, he's giving the yes, kid the, the yes. cleaner disinfectant. The, yes. Those, oh. Nice. That was a good yeah. pool. That yeah. was a
2: uh, that was Misha Barton too. Yeah. No. Uh, a young, wasn't it, Misha Barton?
3: Was she in that movie?
2: I think that was the, that was the no, girl. No, that's Jolie that, Osmond. No, the girl Jill was getting Osmond. poisoned that by the uh, the mom. Really,
3: I know um, Donnie Wahlberg was in it. Yeah, he he's was. the one at the beginning who, spoiler alert, kills Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Which now, so this is one of those movies that the
2: second time you saw it, did it hold up as well as the first time?
3: I think so because the second time cool. I could it, see where you where you could kind of get more of a idea like he's dead. Like I think there there were a lot of hints like. If you were super smart, maybe you could figure it out if you watched it the first time.
0: i right. never believe anyone they tell me that. There's was like, "Oh new, I think no." Nah,
1: yeah,
3: okay, ne- I never buy it. But and that was like the first M Night movie, so you weren't looking for a twist.
2: Mm.
1: Whereas mm. now, if you go to M Night
3: Shyamalan movie, you're like, "That dog is really a ghost." <laughs> 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 you just... Well, and
2: I tell you, because I, I loved when Sixth Sense came out, I, I was I was blown away. Mm. But um, when I go back and I, I rewatch his, his movies. I think I may like Unbreakable better.
3: Unbreakable is real. It's one I would put it almost like. Well, there's so many comic movies now. Like back mm. in the day, like yeah. top five of a comic book movie. I mean, it wasn't based on a comic. No. But it it felt like what I wanted from a comic book movie.
2: It reminded me that there had been a Doom Patrol story uh, when I was younger, uh-huh. and the premise of the story, the twist was, was that the. Um, the chief uh, had uh, arranged all these accidents.
3: Oh yeah, and had
2: helped create. Turned out had helped create the Doom Patrol
3: mm.
2: by um, kind of creating the origin story. I think they
3: stories. did that on the TV
2: show. Oh, did they do that on Doom Patrol? I believe. Think they. I think okay. they did that on the TV show too. Because I always thought when I saw Unbreakable, I was like, Oh, this is like just like Doom Patrol. Yeah. Ooh. Um. But yeah, I, I think on, on rewatching Unbreakable because it doesn't rely on the twist. Yeah. Um. I think it may hold up a little bit better than Sixth Sense. Both of them are are good films. Are, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah
3: and i felt so bad because like the second part of the unbreakable trilogy split i thought was really good and then it just went downhill with glass
2: yeah yeah
3: and glass was such a cool mr glass is such a cool character he is and they just such a bad ending
2: yeah no it's but uh, he seemed to redeem himself because that um what was it knock at the cabin
3: yeah, you saw it too, right? I did. Yeah. And you and enjoyed it too?
2: I will say for as far as his movies go, that was one of the the ones uh, the first ones I've enjoyed in a long time.
3: Yeah, and yeah. uh Batista did such a good job playing it, very like kind of calm and not like like over the top or anything like that. I think he's probably the best wrestler turned actor that we have. Really? You think he's better? I think he's better than Cena.
2: You think he's better than The Rock? Yes. You think he's better than. Because
3: um, The Rock doesn't really act.
2: You think he just does The Rock?
3: No, Batista, in the movies he's been in, it really seems to me like he's playing characters. Right. Mm-hmm. The Batista in Guardians of the Galaxies is different than the Batista in Dune, and it's different than the Batista in Glass Onion, is different than the Batista in Knock at the Cabin, or whatever it's called Knock at the Door.
2: Yeah, I, I kept calling it <laughs> Knock at the Cabin Door, but I'm pretty sure I was mixing up movies. <laughs>
3: You're but, thinking knock knock on heaven's door. No, because it wasn't a <laughs> thing. Like uh, something at the cabin door. At the cabin door. There was that movie. Um, what was that movie? Uh, what was the one that Josh? Cabin we- in the woods. Cabin in the
2: woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, you may be right. Batista maybe uh, when it's all said and done. Because um, it's not a long list of wrestlers. Like who uh, you got? There's not. You, you got, got Roddy H- Roddy Piper. You got Piper. You got Hogan. You yeah, got. Um, you can't put Hogan. On this. What? Over the top, dude. Or not over the top, but uh, Rocky Three. Oh, Rocky Three, Thunder Lips. Man, I
3: was (laughs) watching the um, IGN review of Creed (laughs) Three today, and they showed bits from that. Yeah. uh, Rocky Balboa versus Hulk Hogan in in Rocky Three. Yes. And I've never seen Rocky Three, and I was stunned that that actually was a movie.
2: Rocky Rocky Three will break your heart. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yes, dude. Okay. Out of all the Rocky films, that one. Well, the four. Okay, so yeah, I will say this: I think the third Rocky is, out of all the Rocky films, is the saddest. Really? Yes, because you've grown so attached. Spoiler alert: you've grown so attached to Mick. Okay. And uh, the scene where Mick passes away. Yeah. And Rocky, he's he's lost to Clubber Lang. hmm He's he's been emasculated in front of his woman. You <laughs> know, cause Club, you know, woman coming for the real man's like, you know. And, yeah. and, and and he goes to Mick and Mick's dying and mm-hmm. Mick, you know, he he lies to Mick. Mick's like, "Did you win?" And he's like, "I won, Mick." You know, and Mick knows he didn't win and. It's just—it's a real touching moment. And wow!
3: Uh, so Mick goes, Mick dies thinking the Rocky the, lied to him. Well,
2: in my mind, I think that last tear that came out of Mickey's eye was because Mickey knew that Rocky was lying to him. Damn. Yeah, I think that's how deep it goes—it's inception. But then
3: Rocky bounced back because in the fourth one he has a robot butler. So that's <laughs> uh, that's Polly. <laughs> so. It's has kind got of like that
2: robot with the uh, the lady's voice for some reason. <laughs> He's programmed.
3: And I heard um, they did a new cut of that movie where they took the r- robot butler out. <laughs> yeah I mean it it didn't really add much to the film yeah.
2: except for maybe a, a, a creep factor
3: <laughs> <laughs> I never knew it had a a lady's voice
2: yeah and Polly had programmed that's... I think when Rocky had given it to him, it had just like a normal robot voice like yeah. kind of like a Commodore 64 yeah but then Polly had somehow gotten in and it, it, it had engineered it to speak to him uh, in a lady's voice wow. that's yeah. amazing
3: yes
0: hit play and uh, record and let's uh, start this podcast now no. <laughs> uh,
3: oh, well. but no okay you know we'll get into uh yeah we're, we so, have a we have a busy so show tonight we do yes, we yes. have a
2: we have a, a couple uh, comic news items i think we're gonna cover and then i think we're uh we're gonna start with uh, we had the big announcement from netflix right
3: oh, yes nice. uh two of them actually the the, the first one the was, first one would be uh the dead boys detectives mm-hmm. uh is, is a series they're still doing it was going to be hbo max but hbo max is now shipping it over to netflix which i guess makes more sense because it's a part of the sandman universe
2: so mm-hmm. they they want to kind of keep it separate from
3: from what Gunn wants to do with over there he
2: wants his own kind of little playground doesn't he mm-hmm. he wants his playground
3: yeah. so yeah so the show's not getting canceled like so many shows are getting canceled right now during production mm-hmm. it's still going to be made but it's going to be shipped over to netflix
2: well, good. I mean, I, I think it, that's the problem in today's world. So you have pluses and minuses in today's TV landscape. Yep. The plus is you have so many TV shows that get a chance. Mm-hmm. However, the uh, the drawback is is that their chance is like you have a season to prove it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Because we have a 100 shows behind you that are, that are through, coming through the pipeline.
3: And the possibility the streaming service isn't even going to really promote your show. You could just, just get gonna, lost. They're going to throw it up against the wall and mm-hmm. see if it sticks. Um, and then some shows like uh, Snowpiercer. So Snowpiercer has just did their final season, right? It's uh, it's in the can. It's all been shot. All the special effects are done and everything. Mm-hmm. And then HBO decided uh, TNT is not going to air it. We're hmm. not we're not going to air this at all. If somebody else buys it, that's fine. But we're not airing it. So a completed show is just just S- like the Batgirl movie.
2: Just sitting in the can. Just
3: sitting in a can, uh, finished and everything. But they're not going to air it. Wow. Um, yeah so these days it's not even like where you're like oh at least my show got a second another season so Mm -hmm. at least know i'm guaranteed eight or ten more episodes no
2: well and that's what worries me about the second news item is that uh (laughs) they've announced that they've uh they're starting to look at um casting uh james tinian's um something's killing the children oh
3: yes with the uh the people the two uh producers that were responsible for the netflix show dark I
2: didn't see. It's
3: a kind of twisty German uh, science fiction show Ooh. with time travel. Uh, it's a completed show, which is at least something good. And then they also just did uh, one season and done show called 1899, um, which got canceled. <laughs> so, yeah, there you have it. Um, so, yeah, so, but th- those two are going to be doing the Something is Killing the Children.
0: I think a lot of people were expecting an adaptation of Something is Killing the Children. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that surprised a lot of people.
2: No. I mean, it was one of the ones as, when, as, when it came out in, com, as, in a, as a comic, uh, it didn't take long for the readers to um, start speculating that, that, you know, how long will it take until this becomes either a film or a, or a, a TV show? Mm-hmm. Because when yeah. you read it it, it, it read straight up like a, it was made to be a, a TV show.
3: It's the first big comic book hit in the pandemic era, wouldn't you say? Like it came out like a couple months before. Covid hit.
2: Yes, yes, and it, you know it, it kind of plays into a little bit of, of of that zeitgeist of of fear and 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 uh, people being scared. But um, but no, it's 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 probably been the biggest break... comic wise. It's been the biggest breakout hit of the last probably five, ten years.
3: And and it seems like a really simple, easy investment too. Mm-hmm. Like that first issue is already almost over a thousand dollars in value uh if graded like nine graded. eight yeah, yeah
2: you're probably pushing close to a grand maybe Holy crap for yeah. a book
3: that's just three years old
2: the last one i sold i think i sold for eight hundred and fifty bucks was it graded uh, nine eight mm, wow. Yeah. wow
0: holy crap yeah yeah no it's what are ungraded copies floating around for
2: uh you're probably looking uh like for a nice copy high grade um somewhere between 250 and 300 bucks wow.
1: this is how
3: crazy it was my number one my roommate stepped on and broke it and bill still bought it from me yes like bill would typically not buy a book if it's like in rough condition and that one was in rough condition and bill still bought it
2: wow and then i think i sold it almost instantaneously like even even in that kind of condition yeah so like the
3: first seven or eight issues of that book Mm -hmm. Are hard to find right now if you're looking for the actual comic. Sure, sure. Uh, Easy to find. They've been really smart with keeping the trades, and you keep them in stock too.
2: Yeah, yeah, the trades. And they do, um, they've been doing these reprints also, these slaughter packs. Mm. They'll collect five issues and and reprint for them, and they'll reprint them with new covers. Yeah. Uh, So some people have been reading them in that way. And
3: it's it's got a a spinoff now too, House of Slaughter. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah. But kind of like Erica Slaughter. The main protagonist, her name's Erica Slaughter and House of Slaughter is kind of an origin story that gets more into her, um, like, upbringing.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you notice a bump here in the shop from that announcement at all? People uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that
2: book's always kind of had a strong following, and a lot of people come in looking for it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anytime they announce something, um, a movie, TV show, any type of property, uh, I remember being out one time, and I guess the Watchmen trailer had just come out. <laughs> oh. And we were out eating at a restaurant, and the, uh, the waiter comes up to me and goes, Hey, uh, you own that uh, comic store there on, on Chapman Highway, right? And I said, yes, sir. And he says, um, do you have a copy of the Watchmen graphic novel? Because I just saw the trailer, and uh, it was phenomenal. Huh. And uh, so just off, I mean, sometimes it didn't even take the movies to come out. I can just get a bump just off a trailer.
0: Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, which that happens a lot with Zack snyder films because the trailers will be really good and then, we, then the movies <laughs> yeah. kind of but but the trailers <laughs> yeah. will, the, will already have pushed the the books
3: and i guess right now you're getting a lot of that where either it gets picked up so then there's the speculation of a series because that happens a lot and then i guess if marvel announces hey we cast this character for one of the films right that's when you see another bump
2: yeah yeah you'll see generally like two or three bumps in comic prices and um the first will be when they have the speculative announce uh, that there's been options or an yeah. option and then the the second bump will be the casting and then generally the third bump will be uh when the movie gets released yeah and then uh depending on how the movie does uh it'll either stay you know uh, yeah. high or it'll, it'll go back down if the movie's green lantern with Ryan reynolds
3: <laughs> and for people out there that do the speculation like that there is always that gamble you're hoping for something that's killing the children but you may end up with like a southern bastards where Mm. it gets it gets picked up by like fx and then nothing ever happens
2: and it's a shame because these books are good books yeah you know southern bastards is a good book redneck is a good book yeah 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 and these things get optioned and sometimes you know the options they don't come to fruition they just they sit in a drawer somewhere and the script never sees the day uh, light of day
3: yeah it took lock and key like two adaptation i think uh Fox proper Mm -hmm. did a pilot and it didn't go anywhere. And finally Netflix got it for three seasons. Yeah. So there's always that, like you never know what's going to happen.
2: No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And then if it gets made, you don't know if the company is going to give it the money it needs like paper girls. Mm -hmm. Great, great series, but Amazon did not give it the money it needed or the intention and love that it needed. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That one felt kind of flat for sure.
3: It did. It's like, um it's a it's a high concept that needs a decent budget behind it mm-hmm. and they definitely didn't have the budget they needed to make that
2: no and that's like i said that's that's the problem with today's uh tv is that there's so many shows that they can't all get advertising budgets and they can't all get time to uh, to get pushed yep whereas back in the days when it was just the three channels abc cbs nbc every show got pushed they would have like those little fall conventions and the the Tarticle, Brandon Tartikoff would yeah, come out yeah, yeah. and he would to go over what the new shows were and they'd hype them all up. And But
3: but sometimes it's just like, like I don't understand why they always put the shows kind of together like that. It's just like with movies. So like January and February were kind of dead months, right? There wasn't a lot going on in those months. In March, you have uh, next Friday, you have Creed 3. Mm-hmm. The following Friday is Scream 6. The following Friday is Shazam. The following Friday is John Wick. Yeah. Well. So it's like and it's just I think
2: historically especially December and January are slow months for theaters yeah 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 you just have people spending you know I guess even November but you have people spending time with family you have the holidays yep and now Christmas Day is generally a big uh, movie day yep but the rest of the season seems to be so a lot of I think a lot of studios will wait until nicer weather yeah and then they try and claim dates and box each other out so someone will claim you know everybody wants to get like memorial day let's say yeah 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 you know the weekend and then
3: they'll... will smith used to always have july 4th
2: that was the will smith day you know Ooh, in yeah. independence day
3: yeah 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 um man in black i think was also i think he did like three or four years i think they start calling him big willie for it i don't know what he called it but he had, a, <laughs> he had a nickname for it um but yeah no. but i hope that netflix gives gives it the love and care it deserves yeah. and gives it a chance to cuz it's a great story Yeah, and there's yeah. enough there for multiple seasons so hopefully Netflix will will see it through.
2: You just want to see it either succeed or fail on its own merits.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But well, do we have any other news?
0: There's a cool quote from James Gunn about Superman in the news that I was a big fan of. Um okay. you know, we're we're not casting for those yet, no announcements have been made. Um yep. but he did say that he really loves the idea of Superman. Says he's a big old galoot.
1: Hmm. He's a
0: farm boy from Kansas who's very idealistic. His greatest weakness is that he'll never kill anybody. He doesn't want to hurt a living soul, and he likes that sort of innate goodness about Superman. It's his defining characteristic. So that, that sounds good to me. I, that's all stuff I want to see from, from Superman, just being an idealistic, almost naive, just big farm boy. You know, he doesn't consider good versus evil. He just acts, and it's just going to be good because that's how he was raised. And I think that's cool.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think we can leave the internal conflict to Batman, right? Yes. I mean, we, get, yeah, yes. we get enough of that, of the, the pathos. and the. So I'm all for that. And it, if anything, I say that quote, sounds like it's maybe even a little bit of a shot at Zack Snyder. Ooh, shots of. fired. Yeah.
3: It, it's a very uncynical take on Superman in a very mm-hmm. cynical time. Mm, right. Yes. Which, right. Yeah, which I, which I appreciate because I think a lot of people always think he's too much of the Boy Scout, he's too goody-goody, mm-hmm. goody, he's a boring character but Superman can be great done right. He doesn't need to be like you said, nitty and gritty. Mm, right. We have enough not. of that.
2: Yeah. No, I, I'm looking forward. Like you said, Mike, this, this gives me hope for the James Gunn universe mm-hmm. that, um, it's going to be, and, and I'm not saying it has to be exactly like a comic book, but it is nice in comics that you do have some defined roles of good and evil. And, and there's some lines that are blurred, but for the most part, you know, if you're picking up a Superman comic, you know what you're getting.
3: Have you seen an uptick on sales for certain DC books since James Gunn made his big announcements? Mm, so,
2: yeah, mm. pretty much any of the... Uh, I think he announced, what was it, like nine or ten properties?
3: Like the Authority, Supergirl. So
2: any of those properties he announced, yeah, I've seen people come in or people calling, uh, looking for back issues or, or trade paperbacks. Um, and it's just people wanting to uh, get excited about it and wanting to yeah. l- get a little backstory before the, the movie comes out or the TV show comes out.
3: Which is good because I think it does good when both Marvel and DC are both doing well.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we were talking about before with the wrestling fe- uh, federations. Yeah, you competition is good, and it it, it creates um, incentive for the other company to do better, to strive to do better. Yeah, if uh, they feel like there's uh, kind of a Pepsi nipping at their heels, and you're Coca-Cola, yeah. you know, but, and, and they got the Pepsi challenge, and you're yeah. worried. So yeah. But
3: hopefully now DC with their new take will realize, hey. We don't need to compete with Marvel that quickly, because I thought they brought Justice League way too quickly. Mm. Uh, do your own thing. Don't worry about mm-hmm. Marvel.
2: Yeah, Justice and I'm, and I tell you, if you look at the what he, what James Gunn announced, it looks like what he's doing is, is kind of opposite of Marvel. Yeah. The, there, I don't see a lot of those properties tying together. Like I don't see Creature Commandos locking up with Supergirl, no. and I don't see Supergirl tying in much to um, All Star Superman. And I don't Mm -hmm. see Superman messing around much with Brave and the Bold. Yeah. So, and I kind of thought that was the approach DC should take, is that you have so many great characters. uh, Why not just do these fantastic movies like Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Give me a Solomon Grundy movie. Give me a Lobo film. Yeah. You know, they don't have to. You don't have to be forming a, a Legion of Monsters movie with all these characters. You can just give me great, great
0: movies. Yeah, yeah. And I always think that one of uh, Marvel's greatest strengths in the movie side is that they were always proud of what they were making. They mm-hmm. they wanted to represent it in its fullest. Whereas DC is always to be. They always seem like they're almost ashamed of their properties. Like they want to change them to make them something else that they're not. Whereas Marvel always felt like they were just showcasing what it was at its heart and soul, I yeah. uh, always thought that worked well for them.
3: And this might be controversial take, but they also seemed like they picked directors that knew the properties and liked they understood the properties. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC had Zack Snyder, who I don't think understood the characters. Right?
2: Yeah. Or if he did, maybe he only understood one or two of them. Mm. Yeah. But um. But yeah, they just uh, Disney was smart to farm it out to different um, have different visions and. Uh, that way, all the movies didn't feel identical, and people don't get burnt out as quickly.
3: Right? Yeah, no, and it seems weird because, like, right now the the critics, of course, are all going, "Oh, MCU is starting to decline," blah, blah, blah. But Black Panther still did well. Ant Man did over a hundred million, like its first weekend, like the yeah. the highest grossing ever for an Ant Man film.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you have to you have to redefine the bar when you talk about superhero films and. When you say a superhero film doesn't do well, well, is that in r- relation to the other superhero films, yeah? Or is that in relation to Tenet? yeah? Or is that in relation to Fifty First Wedding Dates or whatever the, the yeah, other movie yeah, may yeah, be? Because right, yeah. right. if yeah. yeah, if you're talking about in relation to Avengers: Endgame or something, yeah, maybe it didn't do as well. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but if you're talking about how it did, you know, in relation to, you know, some other,
3: some other like mid-level Marvel movie, yeah, or some other,
2: yeah, or any other, yeah. other mid-level movie.
3: Yeah, and I know Feige has said now um, they're probably going to start pulling back as much content that they were doing on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I think he said we may only get two Marvel shows this year. I mean, the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, I'm not going to count because it's more just animation towards kids. Right. Uh, but it's probably just going to be Loki Season 2 and in Secret Invasion.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, I mean, you, you got a couple of that with the Star Wars lineup also. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's still going to be quite a few shows, but Mandalorian. yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, season three.
0: Oh, man, I'm excited for that. I Let's love Mandalorian. See. We're
3: recording this the Friday before Mandalorian. Ooh. And it's your birthday, right? It like is. March oh, is that right? February well, 28th. February
0: 28th. So. so, we're going to okay. record
3: on your birthday. We are. You know what we're going to give you for your birthday? Nothing. We're going to give you the big <laughs> special <laughs> announcement for a free comic book day this year. Uh, Oh, that's right. We do have
2: a a big announcement we're going to be making. Yep, so
3: we're going to record it uh, Tuesday night, and it'll be up... With how quick Mike is, probably March first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting. This is big news, right? This is
2: fantastic news. It really is, and it's something that we were have been looking forward to for a long time. not yep. this spoil anything, huh. <laughs> but uh, we're excited to announce it, and we hope that uh, all our listeners and and customers and friends and fans uh, are excited also.
3: Yeah. So, and then also we're going to do a lot of fun stories from previous uh, free comic book days next week, and I'm looking forward to those because you've how many free comic book days have you done?
2: Well, I guess we've done every single one. So however wow. many there's, there's been, I think total, this might be the, thir- I'm guessing this might be the 13th or 14th. Okay. Um, But it seems like every year it gets a little bit bigger and uh, a little bit better. And it, um, it's, to be honest with you, it's probably my favorite day of the year. Yeah. Outside of my, my kids' birthdays and, and family. <laughs> and but an yeah, anniversary, yeah, anniversary. Yeah, just because Kendra. I get, yeah, I just yeah. get to see, so I see so many people and uh, everybody has a good time and. Uh, you know, we get to put a lot of free comics in kids' hands, which is yeah, really what the cool. day is about. So it's just kind of um, introducing uh, comics to a whole new generation of readers.
3: Yeah, and it's always funny to me because everybody at Comic Book Day is super respectful. Yeah, They usually come out the day after a big Marvel movie is hit. Mm-hmm. Like last year it was uh, Multiverse of Madness. This year it's going to be Guardians 3. Right, And people are always like...
2: Yeah, and just kind of mm-hmm. want
3: to talk about it, but they're being respectful to everybody else. So that's cool. Yeah, it's always nice.
2: It is. It is.
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to Tuesday because when Bill told me what's happening for Free Comic Book Day, I was like, oh, this is awesome, and yep. I can't wait till we. Nature. And I'm horrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> Never you are. let me be a <laughs> yes. spy. Don't no, let no. me be a spy.
2: As a matter of fact, sometimes I'll even feed you disinformation, Ron. Oh, <laughs> just because just I, I know I know it's going to get out there, and I'm like, okay.
3: Bill found a way to bring this person back from the dead. Till Ron. Till Ron,
2: I invented perpetual motion.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But no, um, I, I'm excited. I looked that up. You tell me that you invented perpetual motion. I went, I went straight to the Google machines, and, and sir, you are lying. Well, <laughs>
2: I just wanted to make sure you knew how to look things up, Ron. Yeah. That's all. Just.
3: just but know. um, no, this is gonna be this is gonna be a really good free combat. I day. think
2: this might be the best one ever, and I hate to say that because everyone feels so awesome. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, this is this one's one I'm I'm looking forward to.
3: Yeah, and we're gonna like, I guess kind of over a few episodes mm-hmm. drip feed all the cool stuff we're going to do for free comic day right this year
2: so yeah we're going to have um several big sales going on uh and then like we were ryan was talking about we'll have a, a big announcement coming up hopefully next uh next podcast yeah and um you know it'd be nice to uh, maybe get like some food trucks or something down here oh do that yeah, yeah yeah get waffly good oh that sounds cool
3: waffles and chicken and waffles
2: that sounds really good yeah Yeah.
3: when i worked at ib they would be there like once a week and they would usually sell out super quick because just how good it was well
2: and plus you can eat chicken and waffles at any meal like that's 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 breakfast lunch and dinner Mm. that would
3: be smart too for us because uh paul's gonna hate it we can't do our traditional uh free comic book day uh, pizza oh i know because the place is closed down now right
2: oh this makes me sad cumberland avenue has changed so much
0: ah Well, there was one more news item that we oh. wanted to, ta- <laughs> to <laughs> talk about. I forgot we were in a news segment. <laughs> uh, it's something you actually posted about on our socials. It's the return of the Ultimate Universe.
3: Yes, uh, I like the Ultimate Reed Richards, and I guess he's going to be spearheading this. Like, So I'm confused. So after Secret Wars, the Ultimate Universe was destroyed, right?
0: Well, its collapse was one of the things that caused Secret Wars.
3: Okay. So the only ones that survived were... Ultimate Green Goblin, Miles, and Ultimate Reed
0: Richards? To my knowledge, I think there's a chance of the Venom Symbiote, maybe a sliver of it, something. But th- those are the main ones, yeah. And so yeah.
3: this is going to be where the Ultimate Universe is coming back? Apparently so. Okay, and it's going to be, and this is what makes me excited about it, Jonathan Hickman mm. is spearheading it. So no Nar- no Mark Millar, right. no Jeff Loeb. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's uh, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, which
2: I, and in fairness, I did like some of Millar and Loeb's I ultimate did too. stuff. Sure, I sure. didn't care for Loeb's, yeah. but
3: I liked um, Millar's first ultimates. stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. Millar's mm-hmm. ultimates, the first few issues or so of Ultimate X Men, mm-hmm. and Ultimate Spider Man was great. Yeah. Um, I, but the Jeff Loeb ultimates were not that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis? Uh,
2: maybe. I know that was the team on Hulk. They may have been the team on the Ultimate Book, too.
3: But, and they're bringing back um, the artist who really mm-hmm. helped make Ultimates uh, big. Uh, Brian Hitch Brian Hitch, doing the art yeah. for it. Very
1: cinematic yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, most of the MCU is kind of based on like Brian Hitch designs.
0: Yep. It really is. The uh, Ultimates in particular with mm-hmm. the Avengers. I mean, obviously it's dialed way down. Yeah, yeah movie, it is. But uh, it, it's I would say it's probably about 50-50 Ultimates and classic Avengers for sure. It was definitely influenced by it.
3: So I'm wondering, is this going to be, have they mentioned much about it? Is it going to be... Its own series, or is it spinning off into? Because I guess Avengers is getting a new creative team shortly, right? Because um, yes, Aaron yes. is about to mm-hmm. l- end his run. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's all going to spin into that.
0: I, I don't really know. I think they just advertised the one issue, or that it's happening. Um, you know, it's to be expected. There'll be crossover issues here and there, whether or not they go over into the main titles or not. Uh, who knows yet?
3: And I think it's uh, June, right?
2: It is. Yeah, yeah, for the Ultimate books.
3: So we're already uh, people can go ahead and get put on the file for it.
2: So yeah, we can go ahead. Anybody that's interested, we can go ahead and add them right now.
3: Yep. And it's called Ultimate Invasion. Yeah. I think this is going to be good. I think evil, uh, Reed Richards is a really cool character. The makers. He was
2: kind of, it was kind of responsible a little bit for the, um, Marvel zombies, wasn't he?
3: Yeah. Yeah. They did that. Uh, yeah. That was such a cool, a nice cool tw- storyline. little twist huh. they
2: had done. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was in Ultimate Fantastic Four, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And that
2: was Malar also.
3: Wow. And, and to feel old uh, Brian Hitch says it's been more than 20 years since I started work on the Ultimates. Whoa!
0: God, I guess that is true, huh? Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. So yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be exciting.
0: You know, I think the Ultimate Universe has its own set of fans, kind of like the New Fifty Two did. You know, it, people really gravitate towards those stories. Uh, some people do anyway. So I, I could see there being some lapsed fans coming back for it.
2: So yeah, the Ultimate Universe. It was, I think, it was originally created by uh, Bill Gemmis and uh, Joe Casada, maybe. But okay. it was huh. it was intended to basically be a recreation of classic Marvel stories for a new generation. Uh, okay. Uh. So they would start off and they would do like the Spider Man origin, but just kind of r- update it and put it in modern day and yeah, uh, and twist a few things up a little bit. You know, Green Goblin was a little bit different, Venom was a little bit different, mm. but. Uh, but, yeah, and so this is, I mean, maybe they figure it's time to reboot it and, and kind of give uh, another generation of fans uh, their own version of a Marvel universe.
0: Yep. Let, let me ask this. Would you rather see Miles stay in the 616 or would you rather see Miles return to a separate universe?
2: Well, I think he's gotten so entrenched in the 616 now yeah. that uh, I think he's probably there to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not th- But I, I think the other Ultimate Universe could be a great, uh, you know, kind of breeding ground for other new characters, though. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know?
3: Man, there was that time where it was a dark time for me for, for being a Peter Parker fan because Peter Parker had just died in the Ultimate Universe and Dr. Octopus had stole his body oh. in, the, in 616. <laughs> that was it was thing. just yeah. a hard Peter Parker time. <laughs> Were you anti Miles? No, I've always been a big Miles fan. Okay. Um, my, my roommate is African American and he always talked about when he was younger, he never had uh, characters that he could look up to. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot of characters. Uh, that were African American, hmm. and so now I think it's cool that a little like African a little kid can see a character that's being Spider Man that looks like him.
0: I completely agree, and I think that's a goal for a lot of these uh, legacy characters too, or, or to be able to draw other people into these characters and to hear something like that that is actually working and someone has that personal connection to Miles. I think that's really awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they 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 can see themselves. Because I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I think I bonded so much with Peter Parker when I was young. Because Peter looked like me. Right. Yeah. And you can put your. It's easier to put yourself in shoes of characters that look like you. Sure. you can relate to. Yeah. 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 So that's why I like that they have so. Like Miles. They have Gwen Stacy. They have just all these characters now that people can.
2: A lot of options.
3: Yeah. I think it's great.
2: Well, and speaking of options, um, if we're going to get into Batman artists
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we're talking about options for like if you had a dream batman project that you were going to do let's say and you could pick any batman artist throughout time to work on your dream batman project yeah let's say a four issue miniseries five issue miniseries five
3: issues each issue done by a different batman artist okay all right yeah so so we could do that each one one of the top five batman artists of all time
2: so if you had that you're you're the editor and you have options in front of you and you have all the names of all the batman artists and they're
3: all alive in this world wow yeah uh so here comes the tricky part when because we we, we kind of did put this to facebook and instagram page too so the first thing like are we thinking i uh, like do are we thinking like people who have made such a big impact on batman or are we thinking like artists that we enjoy like bill finger obviously created so much of the batman universe but right. i wouldn't say he's like one of the best batman artists
2: yeah so that's kind of what you you run into is is do you put someone like dick sprang yeah uh, on the list you know and he, he did an iconic joker yeah but in today's world his art would you know kids would kind of roll their eyes at that you know his art style and yeah 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 um so i guess i guess what we should do maybe is just say let's just say Like I said, we're the editor. You're the editor.
3: Yeah, yeah, you got to make the ultimate decision. We're going to make this decision. We're going to make this decision.
2: We're going to do five issues. Yep. And I guess uh, for the editor, I mean, are we looking to...
3: Yeah, this is going to be tricky because, like... What's going to sell the best? Is that what we're looking for? Well, no. uh, What we think the best five artists for this book would be, like Frank Miller. All right, all right. Great, iconic Batman artist with Dark Knight Returns, but that's still only, like, six or seven issues Mm. altogether. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did we count him? One, I did see like on our board, Brian Murray, Justin Long, uh, both uh, brought up like Norm Brayfogel.
0: Oh, yeah. I really, really have fond memories of Norm Brayfogel. He always yeah. seemed really ahead of his time. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And really clean, uh, clean art style, mm-hmm. uh, very fluid and lots of motion.
3: And he was the Batman artist I think I grew up with when I started really reading Batman. Really? That's cool. Like the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. So for me, I think that I do have special memories of Norm Bray So I would put Bray in the top five, but I don't know if that's just my bias. I really like Bray art, though.
2: I would, uh, if if we're talking about that era, I would also maybe nominate uh, Jim Apero. Mm, Yes. Um, I definitely would agree with that. Because he had, and it it was one of those, growing up when I would read a lot of his Batmans, I didn't take note, like it it didn't blow me away, but later on when I went back and I looked at the the breadth of his work and Mm -hmm. how long he did Batman and the Brave and the Bolds and all the other titles, uh, it was actually, it was an amazing uh, library of work.
3: Yeah, and Mark Bryant uh, posted yeah. on our Instagram, he agrees, like, Jim, he was, like, Jim one Perro. of his, yeah, Jim Aparo. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, when you were talking about uh, Bray Fogle, growing yeah. up with that, Jim Aparo was who I just had a big chunk of Batman growing up with, like, Death in the Family, for example, right. and yeah. uh, I, I think of that iconic art style for a big chunk of Batman. It's fundamental, yeah. for sure.
3: I think 80s and 90s probably belong to those two artists. Nice. Do we want to put them both? Well, right now, we'll put them to the side. We're still figuring <laughs> out. Um, so, yeah.
2: We'll nominate those two.
3: Uh, what about Neil Adams?
2: So I'm going to put Neil Adams up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, for the reason being a couple of reasons, but one, he didn't have the longest run on Batman, let's say.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, but if you look at some of the characters he helped create and that he helped form. Like who? So Ra's al Ghul. Mm. Talia, al Ghul, Talia Ghul Wow. Um, Man Bat. Wow. Uh, it was Neil Adams. um. Huh seems like i'm sure there's one or two more but that right forgetting. there that's
3: three but, oh iconic yeah rogue. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah jamie bumpus and uh chris nichols both agreed with uh with neil adams
0: then he was coming on board when they're really trying to bring batman back to that seriousness uh and that darkness so they really he really helped with that aspect
2: yeah yeah they, they definitely did and um he did he's another one his action scenes were, were phenomenal mm-hmm. you know before him a lot of the, the stuff looked very posed and static and his stuff had life and in motion to it and like when batman was punching someone it was actually looked like batman punching somebody yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. but uh but yeah i would say I, i'd put neil adams in the top five definitely for batman yeah okay I think so I right would. now
3: we have those three kind of to the side because i think we both decided frank miller and uh bill finger aren't probably going to be on our lists
0: yeah i can i can see that what about you mike You know what, we've been talking about a lot of the classics, and I know comic readership waxes and wanes over the years, but um, a Batman artist that has really become one of my favorites, I absolutely love his run, everything he did on it, Um, it's Greg Capullo, man. I think Greg Mm. Capullo is phenomenal. He's a great modern Batman artist, for sure. My my favorite modern one, probably, for sure. If I I were looking at all the artists of the past years, Jorge Jimenez is up there. Right. But, uh, yeah, Greg Capullo knocks out of the park, man. I love him.
3: Yep, Liam Kenton agrees with you. Mm, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's got to be, like, if we're talking modern Batman artists, he's probably, uh, he's got to be it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, he had a huge run with um, Court of Owls and mm-hmm. uh, Night of the Isles. Love it. And, you know, he, he's one of these guys, he started off initially kind of drawing like a Todd McFarlane clone, where he would, yep. uh, he would ate McFarlane on Spawn. Yep. And had a very mcfarlane style, but... I would argue I think he's probably gotten a little bit better than Todd um, like his art style now he's he's grown a little bit past Todd cuz he he's he's still practicing whereas yeah. Todd doesn't draw that much No. But um but yeah, yeah, he's he's gotten his own, he's he's moved past that and he's gotten his own style and uh, it looks for Batman it, it, it's perfect. Yeah. I agree.
3: No, uh, yeah, I yeah. Um what about Jim Lee? Uh I mean Hush. I mean he's not done a no. lot of Batman. But Hush is pretty, kind of like iconic for modern day Batman.
0: It yeah, is it just didn't do much for me? I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's he designs that more like work suit style of mm-hmm. Batman. With he he never really looks dramatic to me. There's something about it. I just I can't put my finger on it. But I I didn't really care for the Lee stuff much. Okay, we'll
3: put him to the side for now. Yeah, right, get over there. Um, <laughs> Ziggy mentioned, and I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with this artist, Marshall Rogers.
2: Yeah, so um so marshall rogers did a lot of the uh well not a lot but did some batman in the 70s and maybe even early 80s okay uh there was a manhunter backup maybe i think that he did okay but um
3: and uh david ralph uh, dietrich also agreed on marvel rogers marshall rogers marshall
2: rogers Yeah. yeah no no he's one and then you know like i said you could argue maybe he didn't do a whole bunch of batman but he's uh, he's one of those guys that kind of helped in the 70s, along with Neil Adams, kind of helped reinvent uh, the way Batman looked and the way he moved in the comics. And and not only that, but you know, this like we were talking about with the rogues gallery and some of the secondary
0: characters.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm looking uh, looking up some of the stuff right now. He does have that feel from that era for sure. I could see that. Yes.
3: I was trying to think. So, okay, oh. so we know who the ones are for the 80s uh, Norma Fogel and Jim I was trying to think, who are the definitive Batman artists of, like, the 90s and the early aughts? Are there any that come to mind?
2: Probably the one you'd probably most associate with Batman is Kelly Jones. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Did he have a long run? So Kelly had that run that was during, um, with the, um, where Batman uh, gets his back broken by Bane. um, Okay. Nightfall. Nightfall. Yeah. And so he would draw Batman. His his thing was like Batman with the crazy tall ears, like Sam Keith, would like do. Sam Keith would do yeah. with like Wolverine's hair, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he added kind of like a um, a gothic horror look to Batman's art. Maybe okay. that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and um, and it it really fit too. Uh, but the nineties were, you know, because a lot of the best artists left and went to Image. So the nineties were a little bit of a wasteland for for art. There wasn't. No offense, but there weren't a lot of heavy hitter uh, superstar artists in the 90s at Marvel DC.
0: Well, uh, if I recall, Perro did a bunch of uh, work in Nightfall too. He was one of the artists mm-hmm. that kept it going. So um, he stayed in
3: the 80s to the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I think he was up into the yeah maybe like the early 90s, mid 90s.
3: Do we consider Bruce Tim?
2: Ooh. Well, so hmm. you very well could just because of the strength of is the the, uh, the animated style.
0: Wow, that's a great um, argument.
2: And you could even maybe argue um, David Mazzucchelli. That's exactly of, what I was about uh, to say.
0: <laughs> Which ones, the, what was he? Uh, he did
2: um, like the Batman um, Year Ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
0: not, not really a whole lot of body of work, but that, no. that was iconic.
2: But yeah, yeah it absolutely yeah, yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Which is why if there
3: was a writer's list, Frank Miller would probably be on that because sure. of Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this is tough. Okay, so who of the ones... So, go ahead.
2: I'm gonna say out of the ones that we've nominated, golly, this is difficult.
0: It is.
3: So Neil Adams, I think for sure.
2: I'm definitely gonna say Neil Adams.
3: And Norm Brayfogel.
2: I'm gonna put Norm Brayfogel up there, yes. Jim Aparo? I'm gonna put Jim Aparo up there, yes. So
0: that's three. <laughs> Greg
2: I'll put yeah I'm put Greg Capu- golly they all it's also they're <laughs> also good
0: that's oh, yeah. Greg. Um, you guys on a first name basis
2: that's cool yeah, that's Greg. yeah put Greg cool.
0: on there uh, here's
3: the crazy thing I was looking at CBR.com to see yeah. how they ranked it and uh-huh. they put Jim Lee as number one but Mike has kind of talked me out of maybe Jim Lee on ours
0: well no I mean if, if you feel it I mean we can discuss it
3: well yeah uh well I mean but I, I get it that his body of work is small on Batman right 12 issues
0: yeah
2: yeah um
3: but but he is still it, does a lot of cool Batman covers, too, but sure. I don't... He
2: yeah. does. And this is the thing about the Hush storyline is, even if you may not have liked the way he drew Batman, yeah, the storyline is so expansive that it pretty much mm. encompassed all the Bat characters yeah, and all the Bat family. So, in that series, you get to see him draw Harley, you get to see him draw Catwoman, you get to see him draw Clayface, you get to see him draw um, Joker. True, true. So... I do like his Catwoman. His Catwoman was good. His Joker's got the long nose, kind of like all, the old, his chin, yeah, old yeah, chin yeah. style, which I like, like.
3: Your argument about like Kelly Jones, the last part is gonna be so hard because yeah. Kelly Jones, Jim Jim Lee, yeah, um, Bruce Tim, yeah, I think all have arguments there. And then even uh, the guy who I'm not going to pretend to do his last name David
0: Mazakelli. Kelly i Kelly. Yep, not yeah. gonna try.
3: Um, I, was, I just looked at some of his art, and it's amazing. It is. Yeah. So we definitely have four. It's always the the fifth one's the
2: hardest. It always is. Yeah. So um, I guess we could take turns. I'm gonna say for my fifth one, I'm gonna say Bruce Tim.
0: Nice I think I'm gonna
2: say Bruce Tim too. Only because that was so um, formative. uh, The 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 animated show. uh, Yeah. And it helped define like an entire look for Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not only that, but that look kind of drives that story. You yeah. know, and the, didn't
3: Bruce Timm also create Harley Quinn? Co-created? I guess him and Paul yeah. Dini, right? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Mike, do you agree with Bruce Timm? I, I do. It's iconic. It's uh, wonderful to watch. In fact, we've been going back and watching the uh, animated Justice League. Mm. on HBO Max recently. And I remember it being very good, but it's excellent. I think I might even like it more now than I did back then. It's really good stuff. And didn't he do Superman Adventures? Mm-hmm, he did. That yeah. was a short run, but also just an excellent, excellent version of the character. Yeah.
3: And all the Jim Lee fans out there, don't worry, your boys definitely going to get into the X-Men artists when we get uh, There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think that's a strong that's a strong that's the cra- that's I mean over what 80 years for Batman? Yes. Like tons of different artists. It's hard to narrow down. So whoever you have out there that you're screaming at the radio about right now, that's our number six pick.
0: You think they're listening on the radio? You yeah, get the family gathered around the radio <laughs> like on like a uh, on Friday night?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> in the radio. Yes. Come gather around. Grab your TV trays. <laughs> uh but, no, I think that I think that was a cool segment. I think maybe next time we'll do the five best Batman writers.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yep. I, I yeah. like the idea of doing segments like this with recurring themes, for yeah. sure.
3: Yeah, and everybody that um, uh, participated on the um, the socials, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: some great responses.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, that kind of helped me when I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. who I could pick, yeah.
2: Some of these people you forget about.
3: You do, because yeah. when you think about some of the artists, they've not done stuff in, like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also you sometimes worry is your nostalgia factoring in?
2: Yeah, you do have, an, or or even maybe a recency bias where you're like, well, maybe I'm fact I'm favoring the the newer guys too much. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I no. consider that with Capullo, but he's he's been around long enough to where I yeah. feel confident. I think so too. I
3: think so too. Now, like the uh, the guy who's doing the art on Batman right now mm-hmm. is fantastic. Absolutely. I would imagine, like, if he keeps on Batman for a long run, ten years from now, if we redid this segment, I think he would be on it. What's his name? Is it
0: Jimenez right now?
2: On, uh, Jorge Jimenez is doing the covers. Um, Isn't
0: he doing the interior? I inter- think he's doing the inter- Oh, inter- you inter- know what? Inter- he is. He's doing the interior yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's spectacular. I yeah. mean, every issue it just looks phenomenal. And he somehow manages to be pretty original, t- too. I can't think of too many people that I would say look just like his art. So, mm-hmm. really yeah. good. It seems Annie, really inspired.
2: And he yeah. seems to always make deadline, like the mm. book's never late. Oh, that's true. Yeah.
4: yeah which on is a
0: bi-weekly uh, basis.
2: Good yeah. lord. It's just uh,
3: very rare. Very, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be... A reoccurring segment we're going to do, and I'm super excited for this. Uh,
2: we were talking about it for a while.
3: We yep, have yep. been. Um, and now it's time. You've been in, you've been you've been running a comic store for over 20 years.
2: So next year will be our 25th year.
3: 25th year. Yes. Um, you've met some interesting characters. So over the years.
2: Yes, a lot of so. That's one of the great things about working in a comic book store is there's pluses and minuses, but one of the huge pluses is are the people that you get to meet. Yeah. And uh, some of them are uh, incredible characters. Yes. When we, um, just to tell you a quick story, when we first opened up, we were um, <clears throat> we were next to a, I guess you would call it a transient motel. It was called the the Parkway Motel. Okay. And at one point, point you could tell this motel had been very nice. It had hardwood floors and brass fixtures.
3: An elevator.
2: An elevator, mm. you know, but uh, you could tell over the years it had kind of gotten run down and the... Uh, the wood floors were warped and the the brass was tarnished and yep. but you could rent an apartment at this place for four hundred bucks a month. And I think that included your electricity. Wow. Mm. So it was a lot a lot of people that lived on government checks, um, you know, lived there. Yeah. And so they would come and they would and since they were right close to our comic book store, they would come, a lot of them would come and, and, and hang out at the comic book store. And uh, one of the characters that came in that we took a liking to was this fellow named Lee.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, Lee lived in the fourth floor of the parkway, and he uh, when he came in, he introduced himself as Sweet Tennessee Lee.
3: <laughs> Which, by the way, when you first told me the yes. first story, uh-huh. and you were like, Ryan, have you ever, heard, have I ever told you about Sweet Tennessee Lee? Mm-hmm. I remember my first thought was, that's the best name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. That, that's a great name.
2: Uh, as a matter of fact, I thought, when I heard that name, I was like, if I ever become a professional wrestler. Perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: This is a great wrestling name. Yes.
1: Sweet Tennessee Lee. Sweet Tennessee Lee. Lee. Sweet yep.
2: Tennessee Lee. And so uh, um, he came in, he introduced himself, and I would give I would give Sweet Tennessee Lee these little odd jobs. Okay. You know, I would give him, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, clean the parking lot for about for five bucks. Oh, that's nice. Take out the trash, whatever. And, and he'd work and he'd, he'd do these little odd jobs around the store. But Lee also liked to tell these stories. Yes. So Lee had a, and, 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 and the thing about Lee when he would tell these stories is, they they were borderline fantastical. Uh-huh. It's, it's the nicest way to
3: to put. To they were put like it. modern tall tales. They
2: were like yes, this like the movie Big Fish with <laughs> <Yes>. Albert Finney <laughs> yes. and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes, <laughs> they uh, it's kind of like that. Yeah. And so Lee would you know he would come in and he would work and then every now and then he would just tell these these stories, you know. Well, one of the stories was he was the on the Burger King commercials. He was the Burger King, you <laughs> Wait. know, that under the the King head, you know, yeah. the giant.
3: And so and that's why this is going to be a segment because you have so many of these stories. So he tells us so one day he tells us a
2: story. He says, "Hey, you know, um, he said, Did I ever tell you about the time I was a taxi driver in Arizona?" <laughs> and I said, uh, I have not heard that Lee, no." And he said, "Well, for a few years, I was, um, I was driving a taxi in Arizona, and one night I pick up this fair, this gentleman. And I notice uh, when he gets in the taxi that he has like almost like this huge goiter on the side of his neck.
4: Mm.
2: Like, uh, you know, and uh, and so I say, hey, buddy, uh, you might want to go to hospital and have somebody look at that. No, no, it's fine. Just, just drive me to the airport. I got a I plane I got to catch. Mm-hmm. And so Lee <laughs> says, all right, buddy. So, you know, he takes off. He's driving to fill the airport. He says, um, he turns around and says, hey, uh, you like Gladys Knight and like the pips or something. And when he does, he notice that the guy's, uh, he's, he's laying down in the back backseat of the, of the, the cab. And there's blood oh, everywhere, oh, no. all you know, on the on the windows in the back, oh, God. on the uh, on the seat. It's almost like an explosion. Oh yeah. God! And um, because I so,
3: really like Gladys Knight in the Pips. Well, who knows? Oh, he never yeah. got a chance Lord. to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
2: So Lee, he um he cuts a U-turn in the middle of the interstate, and he drives uh straight to the emergency room to okay. like the, uh, the I guess some place in in Phoenix or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he c- carries the guy out of the back seat, picks him up and uh, carries a guy in the emergency room and he gets in there and he's trying to get someone to help him and nobody in the emergency room
3: and he's uh, standing here carrying he's holding holding, he's holding
2: imagine yeah so lee's about six foot tall six foot one he's holding this i mean it's got to be a scene in the middle of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but nobody's wanting to help him yep so lee uh he gets frustrated and he says he sees this orderly walking by and the orderly's got one of those, he's holding that one like on those silver medical trays in his hand. Okay. And it's got the instruments lined up down the tray, you know, like like yeah, ready yeah, for yeah, yeah. prep, yeah, yeah, prep yeah, yeah. for surgery. Yep. So Lee, you know, in his desperation, he grabs a uh, scalpel off the tray. Okay. And he uh, he cuts the guy's neck open. Those, Whoa. And it turns out that the guy has an artery that's exploded in his neck or something, he says. Man. And so um, I said, Lee, what'd you do? And Lee goes, well, he goes, when I saw what I was working with, he goes, I, I didn't, he goes, I didn't have any, I didn't have any sutures, you know, all I had was the scalpel. Yeah. So and this is said, in the middle
3: of emergency he's room. In the, he's in the
2: middle of the waiting room in the emergency room. Yeah. And he says, um, he says, so all I had was the scalpel. He says, um, but luckily he says uh, in 1974, he says, I, I went nowhere without a McDonald's uh, coffee. And I always had one of those little small coffee the little swizzle. straws, yeah. those tiny straw that you can't yep. suck anything through. It's super tiny. Yep. I don't even know why they give them to you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he says, so I took that tiny McDonald's swizzle straw for my coffee, and I used it to reattach his artery. I put uh, it into the artery, and I reattached the. And, uh And he says, right when he did that, he says the orderly who he had um, he taken the scalpel from. Yeah. Goes to grab Lee. And uh, grabs him by the shoulder, and leaves needle on the ground doing surgery. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he grabs he grabs lead by the shoulder and says, "Hey, hey, hey, buddy, you can't you can't operate in the in the you emergency room." You don't have a room. license. And uh, he says, "Uh, he goes, I'm 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 gonna have to I'm gonna have to throw you out." Whoa. And uh, he says, right then when he says that, he says a doctor comes around the corner and says, you'll do no such thing. This man is a GD miracle worker.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dr. Tennessee Lee. So the,
3: so the, the orderly was going no, to re- sweet Tennessee Lee MD.
1: No. <laughs>
2: so the orderly, the orderly was going to kick Lee out of the hospital. The doctor comes in and overrules the orderly and says, you're going to do no such thing. This, this, this man's a miracle worker. Yeah. And, um, so I said, "Wow, that's fantastically!" I said, uh, "I said, what happened?" And uh, uh, he says, "Well, the doctor eventually got me a job at the hospital." Wow, this is like Goodwill <laughs> Hunting. Hang on, but now, but not not as a doctor, like as a janitor. Uh-huh. So it so is could, like Goodwill. So hunting. it's the opposite of Goodwill, <laughs> and and so he gets him a job cleaning the hospital, uh-huh. and uh, and he offers Lee to uh, move in with him at his uh, lake house at uh, Lake Titicaca. <laughs> yeah because lee would always have like these little details to a story yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. um
3: so now he's living with this doctor. so
2: he's living with the doctor and he's working at the hospital and the 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 p.m shift as a janitor he saved the guy right he saved. so the man's li- the man has lived okay and uh <laughs> so fast forward six months later five Ooh, or six uh, months later right yeah yeah so lee says he's up late one night watching beretta and he says that it's, it's the, doc- the small detail. Yeah, he yeah. says the doctor's asleep, and he's downstairs, and he says at the lake house, the doc had these huge uh, floor-to-ceiling windows to so he could look out over the lake. Okay. And he says, so he's up late, and he's watching Beretta, and he notices out in the bushes that there's some guys out there moving around. This is Ooh. like 1, 2 in the morning, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. And um, he realizes that uh, he needs to uh, go upstairs and talk to the doctor, so he goes upstairs. And he goes to the doctor, and he wakes him up, and he says, Doc, he says, I have some terrible news I have to tell you. And Doc says, what is it, sweet Tennessee Lee? (laughs)
1: And he goes, uh,
2: he says, Doc, he says, I I have to, he goes, I appreciate your kindness, your generosity, your hospitality. I appreciate everything. Everything you've done for me has been amazing. Yeah. It's been the best six months of my life. Yeah. He says, but I have to leave. I have to leave right now. And uh, if I don't, he says, "Uh, uh, your life's in danger. (laughs) And uh, the doc says, what are you talking about, Lee? And Lee says, well, right now, at this very moment, there is a Mossad hit team in your front yard. (laughs) No. Yes, yes. He says, there's a Mossad hit team, and they've come to kill me. How have they? Oh, because they're Mossad hit
3: teams. Of course I can find them.
2: Correct. And probably you, too. He says, they've come to kill me, and probably you. And uh, the doc says, "Uh, oh, my God, sweet Tennessee. He goes, I cannot believe this. He says, "Uh, why are they? I don't understand what's going on. And Lee says, well, do you remember the first night you met me? the gentleman whose life i saved in Mm -hmm. your emergency room and doc says of course i'll never forget it it was a miracle you're a miracle worker and uh lee says well that man had the numbers on his arm oh so and doc says what do you mean numbers lee and he says well he had like a tattoo of these numbers on his arm doc you know i can't do the sweet Lee accent but just imagine like a real thick country draw yeah and he says he had the numbers on his arm doc and uh doc says i don't know what you're talking about and sweet Lee says well he was a he was a concentration camp survivor. survivor yeah 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 he was from the holocaust yeah and apparently there's a um there's a law that the israelis passed secretly that nobody knows about that if somebody spills a drop of blood from a concentration camp survivor if yeah. you cause how do you said, if you cause a drop of their blood to hit the floor is what he said yeah the Mossad by law has to come kill you. Okay. And I said, well, "But Lee, I said you saved you saved this man's life. It's not like you 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 were trying to kill. Him. I mean, you yeah yeah you know. yeah. He says it doesn't matter. Nope. It doesn't matter. He says that's it's 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 in black and white. He says if you cause a drop of their blood to hit the floor, they have to kill you. Yeah. So he tells the doc this.
3: So Sweet Tennessee Lee knew he was on borrowed time.
2: Well, I don't think he uh. I don't think he knew that the maybe they were, were going to come find him. I thought yeah. maybe he thought he was safe living out at mm. Lake Titicaca. Yeah. And so he figured, you know, but then here so they he are. So he had to move on. So he tells the doc, he says, doc, I, I appreciate everything. I have to go. I have to, I'm, I'm going back to Tennessee. Yeah. And the doc said, um, I understand, Lee. He says, uh, you know, it's been, you know, just the last, the doc said the same thing, the last six months, been the best six months of my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, you've taught me a lot about medicine. you yeah. taught me a lot about, you know, bedside manner.
3: And this doctor ended up becoming Patch Adams. So, <laughs>
2: he, he. so later on, I asked Lee, I said, Lee, do you ever keep in touch with huh? your, your friend <laughs> from Arizona? But, yeah. He says, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw him um, last weekend. And I said, really, where'd you see him at? And he, I saw him on the television oh. and I said, really? And he said, yeah, he, uh, he has a, a TV show now called Dr. House. No, oh, he said that, <laughs> hang on, hang on. He said that before Dr. House got his TV show, they the reason they cast him is because they found him in arizona working at this hospital and so they he lo-
3: believes that the actor that plays dr house so when
2: i told him i said well you know wow. i said lee i think that's hugh Laurie."
3: and he's british
2: and he's <laughs> yeah. and, and and he go. lee said well, it depends on who you ask
3: oh. <laughs> what yeah
2: he says it depends on so he so he he believes that before He was a TV star. Yeah. That Dr. House was a legit doctor in Arizona working in the emergency room. Wow. And that the people from Fox came and found him, and they liked the cut of his jib, and they liked his acerbic style of of dealing with patients. And so they cast him on this TV show. Now, was he still on the run from the
0: Mossad? That was my next question.
2: Well, yeah, so um, I asked him about that, and he said that he had never seen, that was the only time he had ever seen... And he thinks that uh, that maybe the um, the Mossad uh, kind of like respected his
3: uh, <laughs> respected what he did. What he did, yeah, like, they, like, like, you like said, they, he they, saved somebody. So
2: they, by law, they had to come kill him. Yeah. But their heart wasn't in it because they it, knew it was a dumb law. It was a dumb law, and they knew that you know he had saved this gentleman. Yeah. But what are you gonna do?
3: And so, here's the crazy thing, listeners. Yeah. This isn't even the craziest Sweet Tennessee Elite <laughs> story that we're gonna hear. Uh, I think we're going to call it the this segment, the Ballad of Sweet Tennessee Lee.
0: Perfect. We're yes. gonna have a we're gonna
3: have a great theme song. Hopefully, uh, I think it. I don't know how to segue out of a Sweet Tennessee Lee story.
2: <laughs> it, it's there's really no way to segue because oh, it's it's no. so fant like I said so fantastical and the, like and it's
3: weird because my recommendation night is the show House. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you know, and this is the thing I would tell John. I was like, you know, if we hooked Lee up to a lie detector, he would pass. Like when he's telling mm-hmm. us these stories like he 100% believes these stories that he was telling us. Yeah. Um wow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a like Damn. I said it's a uh, it's a it's an honor and a privilege to meet some of these people that we meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lee Lee definitely is toward the top of the yeah. the top I'm, of the I'm excited for
3: people to hear wow. these stories over the next couple of months. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to share them. All right, so recommendations?
0: Yeah, I think I think this is the closest a segue as we're gonna get. We're not going.
3: You can't segue off of seeing Lee. <laughs> no, no. You just can't. Um, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I have started watching recently. Uh, Two shows with one actress, uh, Natasha Leone.
0: Oh, man, fantastic. Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: Russian Doll. So good. Which is basically a Groundhog's Day type show. Uh, Netflix, it's two seasons. And as it it goes on, they add so much to the Groundhog Day uh, kind of plot line. Uh, Super good. And Poker Face. Hmm. uh, Her new show on Peacock, uh, Ryan Johnson uh, writes and directs most episodes. Uh, It's done like a classic... Like Columbo type show, where the opening of the episode, you get you you know immediately who the murderer is, mm-hmm. and then they flash back to where she is introduced in the same murders, uh, the same meets the people, the murder happens, and then she solves the crime. She has an ability where she can tell if somebody's lying. Mm. Huh. like she's basically used it in her past days just to play poker games and win money so uh, now she uses it uh to kind of figure out like who the murder is like each episode is self-contained there's like an under underlying story that's going on to the whole series mm-hmm. uh but i'm uh, three episodes in and it's very enjoyable
2: huh mm-hmm. now what uh what's it come on with uh, peacock peacock okay uh
3: poker face uh, russian doll is on netflix
2: Nice. Who
0: wants to go next? I may as well throw my hat in the ring. Uh, you know, That's now- a big hat. Oh, Woof, boof.
2: <laughs> sombrero day! My
0: uh, nice sound effect, monkey. <laughs> 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 well, uh, now that I've caught up on some of the backlog that'd been building up, I decided hmm. to check out alongside Jamie Tales of the Jedi*. It's a little anthology series on Disney Plus. Uh, The episode is short, like 12, 15 minutes. I think there's six of them, so it's not a huge commitment, but it's going back and it's filling in some backstory for some characters from the prequel era, which I know will ruffle some feathers, but I I think the Clone Wars and all the animation really Mm -hmm. redeemed that entire era for me, and now now I enjoy it. And uh, these stories are filling in some of Ahsoka's background, and um, interesting deal with um, Count Dooku. I think he's a character that just kind of got dropped in and was in and out, nobody really thought of him, but I think a lot of people can forget that he was Qui-Gon's master. Mm. So this is going in and showing him when he's younger. Qui Gon's uh, Padawan for a little while, and it, it's just going back and filling out some holes in these characters. And it's, still, it's really inspired. The art's phenomenal. Seems like it almost has like a brushstroke art style to it with the colors. And uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a little heart jerker. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, good.
2: sounds cool. Yes yeah. is, it is. Um, for me, I, I'm gonna pick a, a movie I watched this past weekend. It's a uh, oh. Ant Man Quantumania Oh, ah, there you go. Oh, okay. So you know, I wasn't really sure going in because this is, I guess, the start of phase five. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jonathan Majors is fantastic. I wasn't huge on that this version of Modok, but it doesn't, it doesn't, Dude, it, it doesn't. I
3: love this Modok. Do you like it? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know some people do. Modok was on the screen. I cracked up. Okay. There's a twist with Modok, which when it happens, right? Chef's kiss.
2: <laughs> it was. It's so there, there is some cool stuff with Modok, but. Uh, I don't know if it's just maybe I was hoping for like a more of a serious take on Modok, mm. um, but uh, the, I, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't ruin the movie. The movie's great. It, yeah, uh, it, it I think it's a great um, lead in for Phase Five. Uh, it definitely sets up Kang as being kind so of the, uh, good in the movie as being the major baddie here yep. going forward, um, and he's not quippy.
3: Like a lot of the no. Marvel villains, their they are always like every one of them seems one note. They're all quippy. Yeah, he is not quippy.
2: No, no, no. And uh, I thought he that seems was... like
3: he's annoyed that he has to fight Ant Man.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's it's almost like a, you know it's a waste of my time. Yeah. But it's um because James Spader kind of borderline was borderline too quippy with that. Yeah, It yeah, kind yeah. of messed up Ultron. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. I think with Kang, I think I think it seems it's a little bit more straightforward and uh, true to the comic. But no, it's it's great and it's it's a it's a good uh piece on family and it's a good uh, reflection about um well about you know keeping secrets and and not keeping secrets and yeah. i don't want to spoil too much but, yeah but I, it's uh, it's a great if you if, yeah, if you if you're bored with uh, phase four uh, i don't think you'll be bored with ant-man
3: i think it's neat that the flash movie will be out in a couple months mm-hmm. and michael keaton is batman again right and in this movie michelle pfeiffer has so much to do like, yeah. they give her so much more oh, in that's this cool. movie.
2: I remember watching this movie and thinking, you know, if they, they could put her in the Catwoman outfit, if that Flash film, if there's a little teaser of her. She's aging really well. She, yeah, she's she looks phenomenal, and uh, she's still doing action scenes. And Yeah. Yeah.
3: Good for her. 65. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, because yeah. I, I had to look it up at the end of the movie. I was like, I got to see how old she is. Yeah. No. Oh, huh. But I, I, I don't get the critics and kind of some of the audience's lukewarm reaction to it, I thought it was fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just, it gets measured up against it's a it's an unfair measuring stick because it gets measured up against other Marvel blockbusters Yeah. rather than just mm-hmm. being uh, measured uh, on its own merits as a film. Yep. Um, so everybody wants to compare it to, well, it's not as good as this or it's not as good as this, but if you just view it in its totality on its own two legs, uh, it's a wonderful film.
0: Yep. And I think phase four in general was a rebuilding stage. Now, I, I don't know. I think people sometimes don't realize that or they take mm-hmm. it for granted. But, I mean, it's a breather after in-game and all that. You couldn't go it's, straight into No, no.
3: No. no. Yeah. And the, uh, both of the credit stingers are great.
2: Yes, yeah. What? So there's two. There's a mid-credit and then an end-credit. I wasn't sure if there was the end credits, so yeah, I had to Google yeah, yeah. just to...
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always do I've that. i started doing that, too. <laughs> but only
2: because that visual effects yep. credits
3: run for like 20 so... minutes. Yeah. Google already is predictive it when I start typing, is there anything after it credits that out, and then I just have to put the movie in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that final credit scene, it was funny, because I saw it with our good friend Boston, and oh, yeah. he gasped at the final, uh, <gasps> wow. The final one. Wow. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, fun movie.
2: No, it's it's worth uh, definitely worth seeing.
0: Yep. Well, looks like we've about reached our time, according to this clock I'm staring at. So is fast! Behind those bushes, <laughs> <laughs> Where they behind the counter? Yes. Look out! So I guess we'll uh, we'll call it a wrap. That's a, that's a great little episode. We have yeah. another one coming shortly down the pike. This one was delayed, so we're going to have another one rolling at you here in about four or five days with a major free comic book day oh.
3: announcement, and uh, we'll announce a new giveaway. We uh, that's right. oh, that's Some mysterious benefactor came in here and donated uh, a prize. Quite a prize.
2: Yes, and they specifically requested that we um, give it away on the podcast to one of the listeners.
3: Yeah, so we're going to do that. And so, uh, yeah, this is awesome. We appreciate uh, all the... Um, the good feedback we get, and yes. everybody that wants to help, like you know, contribute with like the Batman artist giving us stuff to give away. So great! It's been awesome. We, you know we've had tons. We of We wanted to make a community out of this. No, mm-hmm.
2: and it's exactly what's turned yeah. into. Yeah, it feels like it's not just our show, but it belongs to like a lot of people.
3: Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But we're the ones with the
2: well, but we patents. have the microphones <laughs> and, we but... have, and we
3: have the patents. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. right. We yes. will
0: take you to court. Oh so, yeah. No. Don't test us. Yeah. That's right. And uh, <laughs> we will see you in court. I'm Mike D. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Bill. See you in the funny books. Bye. Adios. Bye. Sweet and
1: sweet. for my bones in history.